elite society with all the best fighter people in it? Yeah, last week, Hobie and I. Oh, wait, who, who's Hobie? Hi, my name's Obi, Obi Brown. I'm not a role model, I was briefly a runway model. I hate the AM, I hate the PM, I hate labels. How are you even cooler under your mask? I was just cool the whole time. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I should have fuck. I should have watched Into the Spider Verse before watching Across the Spider Verse. We watched um, the beginning of it on Saturday night, but I literally watch that movie like every couple weeks when I'm not doing when I'm doing stuff is the time when I'm like, okay, I'll just throw it on <laughs> just so I can hear it. Oh, I I poured myself a glass of wine and started writing my Asteroid City review, and then I realized I needed background noise, so I turned on Spider Verse. There you go. <laughs> I bought it on Blu-ray. Like a pleb. That's what I did when it came out. I was like, let's get this for for Aaliyah. Angel's like, for Aaliyah. Like, she liked it a lot. She's like, yeah, we're going to get that for Aaliyah. I'm like, we're totally getting it for Aaliyah. I bought it at my favorite used Blu-ray store because someone clearly ripped the digital copy and then mm. sold back the Blu-ray. So I got the Blu-ray for eight bucks. There Not it bad. Is. There it Not is. Not bad at all. And I'm leaving that so everyone knows how to finesse the system. Like I, I'm I, I'm I'm hyphen podcast screw spider puck. I'm only promoting chaos, chaos and unity. That's all I'm promoting. The spider plug, basically. Nice. I want to begin with across the spider verse. I want to begin with the positivos. I have not then, said one word about this movie to anyone because I knew I was coming here. So well, no one even knows if I liked it. Well, we're going to we're going to tee up guests first, so you will get teed up first. I want to start with the positivos, then I want to talk about the potential negativos afterwards and then what we think of beyond the Spider-Verse and if we have any high hopes for it. Okay. So, Kellen I was, and I did. I did notice that you had not put a rating on Letterbox for this yep, yet. Yeah, I've not done Letterbox. I did observe yet. that, and I know I listened to your last episode on Hyphenation that hey. you watched the hey. you watched the Guardians Galaxy three. I did. You, ha- you had not put a rating out there. You wanted some time to think about it. So obviously you're you are a young man who. Likes to think about things intelligently, which is always a good sign. I'm just trying to keep up with y'all, man. I ain't trying to put no bullshit up on my letterbox. <laughs> there it is. So we want to have a world premiere, and I'm gonna, I may do a world premiere sound effect right here. World premiere. Now let's let's kind of talk about the positives in at least the first piece of it, non-spoilery. Okay. But then I think we have to dive into the spoilers because. There's it's so literally hard. no way. Exactly. Yeah, it's right. it, it's so kind of complicated that well, not, it's not that complicated, but we have to spoil eventually. So, so generally, when I write for Nerd Caliber, my rule of thumb that is it for what is spoiler and what isn't, just so we're setting table setting as clearly as we can. Anything that's in the trailer is okay. 
and anything that happens in the first 20 minutes of the film is okay. Okay. Does that vibe with everybody else's? Yeah, I think so. The first 20 minutes of the film was all before the credits, so, or the title screen, so that's fine. Uh, basically. All but right, the idea so. is that table setting is not spoilers, but plot specifics is is spoilers. Okay. All right. All right, Kellen. So you have the floor. Tell us what your initial thoughts are on Across the Spider Verse. Tell us your positivos. Well, actually, this can be this can be a, an amalgamation of everything, but we'll Tell dive into the the our apprehensiveness or if any. We'll dive into that a little bit later, though. Tell us your any tivos. Tell us your deepest secrets. <laughs> I got That's a different that. podcast. Um, they got to pay for that. That's on the OnlyFans. I wasn't let down. Number one, that that's my first positive. I was not let down at all. Uh, I'll say that for negatives, because <laughs> I j- it just crossed my mind. I also loved. All the Spider-Man we saw. That was awesome. I was excited from the trailer. I even mentioned a tweet about the Scarlet Spider and how he looked like the original artist who came up with the concept. How how much I love that. I also loved Miles' relationship with his, his mother in this one. And of course, that hit me right in the feels uh, immediately. Like that that scene that, that with the dialogue they shared. So was I disappointed? What was my thoughts? What, what would my letterbox be? If Into the Spider-Verse is a 5, then this is definitely sitting at a 4.5 right now. Okay. All right. So, for me, I gave it a a 4.5 stars on Letterboxd officially. Okay. Okay. I I have watched it twice already. I hate you. Because I'm a fucking maniac. Bitch, I'm telling you the truth. (laughs) Maniac. Maniac. Now, I watched this Friday night. And then I watch it again Sunday afternoon. And let me say, you know, this this is going to be a hot take off the bat. I don't think I can watch movies with kids anymore. Just just flat out. The both experiences, in, in the theater or in the movie? In, oh, in the theater. In the Aaliyah theater. had to pee three times. Oh, hell. <laughs> hell. I, had to, I, had to, I had to make two trips. I decided that I was going to try to see this movie at 10 p.m., to see if that eliminated the child factor. It did. There was one kid, worse. and this kid was my hero, and we'll talk about him later. But okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, good. Well, good. Shout Man, out to you, kid. I, I, there both, there were, however, like three drunk college guys behind us. Uh, who, anytime anything happened, like there's one scene where like you see Miles like scratch the side of his head, and all of them went, ah! So I was less impressed with them than I was with <laughs> anyone else. Hilarious. Yeah, man. I had negative experience in both screenings. I was sitting next to kids. You know how kids get restless and they're like aggressively rock back and forth in their seats. I had a kid do that. I had to cover my eyes so I wouldn't be distracted by it. I was sitting next to a guy. God bless him. God bless the people of America. He must have had a deviated septum because every time something happened on the screen in his heart would start racing, I would hear them breathing. I got. I was sitting next to an uh, older woman who fell asleep. I was sitting ne- in my second screen. I sat next to kids who were on their fucking phone for like parts of the movie, like uh, who getting like text messages. Like, oh, it, it was, it, it was. I I wish I just watched this movie at like eleven o'clock at night. I really should have just pivoted to that. But 
because I watched it at seven o'clock and at twelve thirty. I went to an just, eleven o'clock yesterday, and it wasn't that bad with kids. Like I, I, a, I honestly think Aaliyah may have been one of, maybe the youngest one there. She's nine, so I had a baby cry, a, a literal baby cry in the first screening. It's like, what are we doing? What, what are, we, are doing? we doing? I know multiple people who brought their under two children to opening night of Halloween Kills. We're we are living. And I was like, so you don't talk to them anymore, right? <laughs> I. I have to for the kids. Someone's going to need to be there for them. Blink-182 <laughs> made a song about that, Kellen. Stay together for the kids. <laughs> when 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 they grow up and are like, I have these memories of this guy named Corey trying to murder everyone I love. Who's going to be there for them? Not their parents. Me. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I, I just had to get up that off my chest because what are we doing? Anyway, so I gave it a four and a half on my second viewing i actually did appreciate and i think this is going to come up later there were factors in the first movie that i was highly the first screening that i was highly questioning but then in the second screening those got slightly resolved but ultimately i really was impressed i think this is probably my favorite as far as just like artistic choices in and these animated films it's probably the best movie I've ever seen. Just just because of the choices they made mm-hmm. and how they are really committed to, we're really going to make this like a live action comic book. We're going to do these different choices for these different set pieces. We're going to be in these different universes, but we're going to give every single s- space and spec of screen, we're going to make it as unique as we possibly can. And we're going to really commit to these are different people, even though they have the same kind of canonical core, every person's going to feel unique in their own right. And I think it did a really incredible job with that. And the story, I think we'll get to this also later as well. I think the story in itself, on the first viewing, you kind of fold everyone together. So you kind of fold Mm -hmm. Gwen a Spider Woman and then Wanda Miles, Miles as Spider Man. You kind of fold it in together, but in the second viewing, it kinda of allows you to look at them separately. So like the idea of you can't really separate Bruce Wayne and Batman, right? But I looked at it in the first viewing as okay, these are these are basically one storyline. And so when you look at it the first time and you look at them com- like compacted together you can kind of think of gaps in the story, but if you look at them separately as these are teenagers who are operating in this world, the system of uh, the system that they're already in, and then you look at them as superheroes, if you kind of separate it out, I think the stories on both of those levels work. I think one storyline works better than the other, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I think ultimately I was really satisfied with across spider-verse and i was even more satisfied with it on my second screen i can't wait to watch it again like i'm if i could leave here right now and go to movies i totally would i just wish it was a finished movie and so and so that that is that is the thing that i see a lot of people and myself my first screening i had concerns about also but we'll talk a little bit about at least my feelings that maybe we shouldn't look at it as that 
But what what are some other thoughts you had about the movie cast? So so generally it is overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. But truly the only reason I feel that I cannot give it five stars is because it is not finished. Mm-hmm. And that is fine. It's the same reason I can't give Dune five stars. I was literally about to to bring that up as well, because because yeah. I I as soon as I walked out of the theater, the first screening, I re- I remembered our conversation. I thought the same way that Cat feels about Dune, I feel about Across the Spider Verse. But for Dune, that first screening, it was a five star and still a five star to me. Is if you look at Dune. I look at it as Paul as just the boy, and this is the boy's storyline. And then the second one, that he's going to be, you know, Paul the man, basically. And so I think for me, I didn't have that that hang-up because it's basically prologue to what he's destined to do. But in this one, in my first screening, it really did feel like, okay, the moment that we get the end shot with the group, like, okay, we're really about to get into the shits. And then... Oh no, no one's talking anymore. Oh no, credits. Oh no, Beyond the Spider-Verse. Oh no, 2024, yeah. what? So, so, well, hey, we only have to make it nine months. They could make it longer. Yeah. I think they did the, they probably did the Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions thing, where they probably yeah. have everything already, but. So, first of all, I think that June is going to be perhaps the best month of Jason Schwartzman's life. Hilarious. <laughs> he he is the lead in Asteroid City, and he is amazing, and he delivers a performance that I am still thinking about to the point that I am seriously considering clearing my calendar and going to an additional Asteroid City press screening, and okay. then also going to see it with my darling boyfriend. Nice. So like. Okay. And also, he is just wonderful as the spot. Oh, he's yes. great as a spot. He he delivers a a Peter Parker esque energy, but wrong. Yeah. And I think that that is perhaps the best choice that the film could have made. Additionally, I think Lord and Miller must be kind of tired of hearing people be like, man, you like changed the game because people say that every fucking movie they make. Right. Like the Lego (laughs) movie, which I don't know if you've seen Mark, but it's wonderful. First Spider-Man, which is amazing. I know you did not love Mitchell's versus the machines, but I feel like you did acknowledge that it did a lot of things. Yeah. Is that a fair assessment? Mm-hmm. Every single one of their movies, I feel like people are like, damn, you changed the game. I'm like, that almost makes me more worried about the next one, if we're honest. Oh, we're going to get to that. We're going to get but to that. Every single piece of detail I noticed just made my heart feel so full. There was a moment where I looked at a, a group shot in the background. There are group shots in, in the trailer, so this is fine. This is further free. And I, I was really scanning the back, and I saw a floating Spider-Man popsicle. Wow, I did not. <laughs> I did not shit. catch that. Damn. And I was looking. I was looking so hard. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. My daddy's podcast is called Hyphenation. It's the world's greatest podcast. Walk up. On hyphenation, my daddy talks about all kinds of cool things. And sometimes I'm on the podcast too. Sometimes he has his friend Marcus on. Sometimes he stays up really late and he's tired the next day. But it's worth it. But he loves his podcast and I love his podcast. So I really want you to listen to hyphenation so daddy doesn't get sad. He really doesn't get sad though because he has me. Oh wait, please listen to hyphenation. Thanks, y'all. I 
of the podcast. So please, please, please try to join. But if you know it. Thank you. Can we hear it now? You're now entering the spoiler zone. I also think that positioning Miguel as the villain in the I'll... comics, Miguel sucks, and I'm really glad he sucks in the movie too. Fuck Miguel. I want to come back to fuck Miguel. <laughs> yeah, well, why, yeah, let's go. Why here, don't yeah. you fuck with Miguel, Cat? Because I've never cared for him, honestly. I mean, Even when the comic started back in 91, I was like, I don't care he's, about He's guy. a fucking cop. He a he's cop. a cop of the other Spider-Men. Yes. Which, like, no thank you. But also, like, his storyline is interesting, but it is immediately couched by the fact that he hates himself, and he hates himself for being a part of his storyline, which yeah. automatically makes him less relatable. Mm-hmm. Like, and, I, and I think he's a wonderful foil and a good villain. But, like, he, he's not the Punisher enough to be the anti-hero of a strip. Mm. Mm. But he's not Spider-Man enough to be the hero. Right. And also, he's, like, a werewolf vampire man. Right. He's, like, never explained, but that's fine. Um, I wanted to talk about that, too. Uh, so, I, I smell a redemption arc in Beyond the Spider-Verse, obviously. Well, yeah. Obviously, yeah. for him. And I, I don't know if I'm here for it. I love his design. He looks intimidating as fuck. Oscar Isaac, kudos to you, sir. You're beautiful. But in, in, in this film, like, I was just like, man, like, he, he didn't see any other way. It's always, it's like, there's one way to do this. And, like, anything else is just unacceptable. You're an anomaly. Which I, I, think, I thought that was bullshit, too, personally. But I see why they're doing it to set up the third. But, but I also think that the point of the last movie is nobody does it like you, Miles. The point of this one is... Nobody does it like you, Miles. Because you're not supposed yeah. to be here. Well, no, but I think, does that matter? No. The message is the same, and it's probably going to be resolved because nobody does it like you, Miles. Right. And that's good. But I think it's really bold of them to set up the moral of the last movie as now the conflict in this one. Yeah. Because also, you know, I think as any sort of... It walks everything back. Except it doesn't. It would walk everything back if his family didn't have his back. It would walk everything mm. back if Gwen, like, wouldn't deal with him at all. Like, I don't agree with all of her choices in this movie, but it's pretty clear that she cares about him. And that's probably part of the problem. Mm. But the idea that your strength can also be something that the people about you perceive as a weakness mm. is <sighs> not... Go off, cat. I feel in a lot of ways that that is probably a huge part of the minority experience. As a as a woman, I experience that all the time. Yeah. I'm sure that there are ways that I cannot even imagine that you both as black men have experienced that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the fact that two white-ish guys can hack that <laughs> into a story. And also, by the way, that's the same thing that's happening with Miguel, right? Yeah. The thing that yeah. he thinks makes him special is the thing that is causing his problems because yeah. miles is able to figure out pretty quick. He's a hothead and he'll chase me. Yeah. Yeah. Bless him. Let him. <laughs> um, yeah. So it is a story about how not only is what makes you special good, but it's not, people are always going to assume it isn't good or makes mm. you bad. Right. Or yeah. it's going to assume the worst about that. Yeah. 
And I, you know what? Maybe Miles isn't supposed to exist in canon, but also because he is the first Miles Morales in canon that is Spider-Man, that's not nothing. Yeah. And I bet it's just a headache that Miguel, as the middle manager of Spider-Man, does not want to have to deal with. <laughs> Sounds like a conversation we're having off pod, Mark Rob. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Motherfucker's a hot topic key holder, and he is not getting paid enough for this shit. But like... <laughs> Hilarious. Being a key holder Hilarious. sucks. So Man. we agree that Miguel was totally about to eat Vulture, right? Like, we saw teeth and everything in the shadow. Like, he was going to I eat mean... Vulture or something. Something's gonna happen. It's, I mean, they they're doing the tell, so that that's why, like, when they're on the train flying to space, that's when like Miles has the, are you even a Spider Man? That's you know they're they're definitely centered off of the third movie in that I case. I mean, right. at the end of the day, though, if they're smart about it, and I think they will be because they've proven that they're pretty smart people at this point. At this yeah. Point. After making like three of my favorite animated movies ever, that. They are probably going to find a way to frame Miguel's weakness, perceived weakness, as a strength in the next one. Because yeah. what are they gonna do? Kill him? I mean, well, before we, before we before we jump into beyond, let's stick with across. Let's stick with across. But <laughs> it's funny, Cat. You brought up the you brought up the idea of like he's basically the cop of the Spider Men, and one of the we don't need to dive fully into faults but i just wanted to point this out while the idea is so fresh one of the faults i have with this movie it's it's so clearly just copaganda all the cops are are beautiful wholesome family men who want to do right by their kids but you know they don't systematically murder and harass people you know it's like you know all the cops are good you know but also if you are a 16 year old and your dad is a cop and you you and your dad don't get along all the time but you know he loves you and you're really trying right would you not also hope that the people around you have those same traits? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, I'm not trying to say that it is not copaganda, because it is. But at least canonically, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Miles is a teenager and is having those teenager growth spurts that, you know, chafe his dad wrong and vice versa. But yeah. he loves him so fucking much. He does. And if he didn't, there would be no movie. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. And, like, that is shitty, and they should not make it like that. But also, if they don't, then the third act would not hang at all. No, no. Yeah, because yeah, everything's hanging on Jefferson right now. Yeah. Kellen, hmm? who is, in this movie, yes. who is your favorite spider person? Because I, I, I got a clear winner for this bad boy. I know who you're going with. I mean... Man, l- let me just say... They really pushed the Spider-Gwen button in this movie, and I love Spider-Gwen. I have since the first time I ever saw the artwork for her. I was her like, animation in this, in her universe, is the painterly art style of her comics. Yes, and it's watercolors. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. I know it's that right off the bat. I'm like, oh, this? <laughs> where's Silk? I want Silk. I want grown She was Mayday. always my favorite. I-, I was a Spider-Girl guy, so I want grown Mayday to show up. I know I know we got little Mayday, but I want grown Mayday. Also, though, I found it interesting. I did not see Spider-Woman. Well, I'm, I mean, Spy- yeah, Jessica Drew was was Spider-Woman. No, I'm talking about the one, the, the, the nice white lady where the guys drew the Julie, comics. Julia Carpenter? You could see her entire asshole through her suit. Uh, oh, 
Oh, I got gotcha. you. I didn't yeah. notice she was absent. Um, she, she is absent. This is a PG movie, cat. Holy shit. <laughs> well, you're not supposed to see your asshole, but men be horny. Men there, be horny. There wasn't a lot of female representation from the spider totem. Other no, than I was kind of surprised. When in, in Jessica Drew and made it. But also, there are some canons where Mary Jane is Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yep. it's with Peter. Yes. And like none of that. It could be saved for Beyond. Could be. Saved I was going to say they might be saving it for Beyond. I will just say it seems like they saved most of their women for Beyond. <laughs> I felt that too. It's nice. It's nice to know that even a fictional comic book universe that uses women for sex purposes and for their death to mean something purposes still only uses women for sex purposes and for their deaths to mean something purposes. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> all you're saying. All you're saying. Um, <laughs> all I'm saying is there is a lot of dick at that Spider-Verse convention. There's a lot of sausage Man. at the Spider-Verse convention. If you laid all their dance belts end to end, you could wrap around the earth like 15 times. Who run the world? Men spiders. I mean, they, they asked a the question where did, where you shoot the web from. And uh, we, we know a couple of those areas. We know a couple of those areas. <laughs> I think we might know... The area. The, um, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. To, uh, Those wristlets actually just channel it from a different. Oh, oh. Uh, is that what's happening? Let me cover that up right there. To answer your question, though, Mark Rob, Miles is my favorite character still. Oh, okay. All right. We haven't really talked a lot about specifically Miles, but why did you continue to love him in this property? The first movie finally made me give a fuck about Miles because I'd never cared for him at all in the comic books he never like even like oh it's black spider-man like he's a kid and he's very awkward and that's not my peter and <laughs> it never worked in the comics but finally in across and in into the spider-verse i was like yes okay that is miles morales i see you you are spider-man and then they continued it in the the ps4 game that's miles morales as well so two versions of this character finally made me care about him and then in this movie as much as they push the hobie button and the spider gwen button seeing miles one of my favorite moments was when miguel had him against the the train and you thought it was all over and then miles like nah i'm gonna do me <laughs> and, he, and he, that's probably like the blackest moment he had in the entire film and it's like yo that like right there and then when he, he escapes and even at the end when it seems like all hope is lost and he's facing himself he's got the little charge on that on that chain man so you know what's coming he doesn't have his whole hand out, but he's got his finger on there. He's got his finger on the pulse, man. And Miles always finds his way. And even through all this madness, he, he thought he got recruited. Turns out he's not supposed to be Spider-Man. Finds his way away from Miguel and tricks him on. Gets away from all these spider people. Finds out that Gwen and, and Peter B. Uh, knew he wasn't supposed to be Spider-Man and never told him. And they never came in and came to see him after a year and four months. Even beyond all that, he never stopped being brave, no matter what. Even when they said, your dad's supposed to die, you're not supposed to stop it. He's like, no, I want it to be this way. And his determination is everything that Peter Parker always was to the character. And that's what made me still love Miles the most in this iteration. All right, all right. Yeah, man, I I think... I think from movie to movie, we're we're seeing a lot of good things from the Miles character, and I don't necessarily identify with the idea that just people in my life are just like 
seemingly trying to hold me back from something mm-hmm. but I think society at large, um, I, I can definitely recognize that. So the idea that he is continually fighting to be himself on his terms in the face of this opposition is something that I think is a, a great lesson for not just little black boys, but just especially in the country today when people are continually fighting for their identities and their right to be human. I think that this is the character that should be not only just him, but even Gwen, because I think that was a little bit of her story was in the beginning also. But I think this is a character that is going to have a lot of a lot of impact on pop culture and a lot of the young people's culture today. So I think I think they're really doing a great job. And I think they did a great casting with this as well, because uh, the actor who you know, uh, Shamik Moore and, Shameek. you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and real life, you know, uh, yeah, you take it or leave. Uh, but, for, but for the performance, I think his performance, he's really channeling a lot of innocence of what it means to be a young teenager in America. So he's he's doing a really great job. Yeah, he truly is. The only thing I'll say is that, and I know this is silly, but it's been 16 months since the last movie, right? Yeah. And I was hoping to have seen a little bit more growth because 16 months when you're a teenager is like, oh, you didn't even know me back then. Right. And you're like, nah, dude, we live together. No, you didn't know me back then. Like, and it, he seems the same. And that's fine. I can't imagine it's easy to like have a lot of emotional growth while you're being Spider-Man. But like, that's what I was going to say. It's because I was Spider-Man. hoping, I was hoping for something, whether that was, not just increased Spider-Man abilities. I was thinking he should probably have a little bit more something. I feel like there was like a teaspoon of a little something missing. And that was not a deal breaker that didn't pull me out of the movie. But just as I've been reflecting on it, I'm like a little more empathy for his parents or a little more understanding of what Gwen is trying to do or something. And there needed to be just a tiny bit more of something let's let's bookmark that when we talk about beyond because okay. yeah let, let's bookmark that we're, we're definitely gonna I mean, go back to that his his something could also be i hate my parents even more now there just needed to be some growth in that intervening 16 months or else why else has it been 16 months mm-hmm. i mean yeah i mean he was a freshman now he's a sophomore like i don't know about you guys freshman experience but my shit was buck wild but uh, <laughs> But I also went to a school that was very similar to Miles' school. Oh, yeah, I did not. Yeah, I didn't. And I feel like a huge part of that experience forced me to change. Now, obviously, yeah. I wasn't Spider-Man unless I was, and you can never prove that. But um, <laughs> I can see the ways in which Gwen has grown. Oh, yeah. I can see the ways in which Peter B. has grown. I can see the way in, like, anyone we knew before has grown. Yeah. Even Rio and, can, and um, Jeff, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they've grown a lot in 16 months. So the fact that Miles is now 16 when he was like 14 and a half and is still 14 and a half basically, but tall. Right. (laughs) Does feel like a little bit of a disservice to him. I understand that you don't want to change too much because like then little kids will be mad and not want to like buy the toys anymore. But like I said, he just needed a teaspoon of a little, a little bit of that like, weird teenager je ne sais quoi yeah no yeah i get you i get you 
Like, even if they had made him angrier, just like from from the jump. Yeah, and I'm Spider-Man, whatever. I would have been like, yeah, you know what? I would resent being Spider-Man too. Because it means I can't have a life and I can't be normal and I can't be regular. That cute girl in my English class, forget about it. Because every time someone robs a bodega, I'm expected to be there. So how am I supposed to have a fucking life? Bagel. Peter had MJ, but I'm not Peter. Where the fuck is my MJ? Like, if that was the energy, I'd get that. Well, speaking of resentment and speaking of energy and speaking of what the fuck, we have to talk about the best Spider-Man Spider-Punk just for a second. Because I finally received the true anti-fascist, anti-capitalist hero of my dreams. (laughs) In my my first review on Letterboxd, I wrote, Daniel Kaluuya continues to prove he's the best actor of his generation. And Spider-Punk is... If I would have known of Spider-Punk when I was a wee boy, he probably would have been my favorite superhero. I would have said, fuck Bruce Wayne. I would have said, why are you not... Give him Gotham money for schools and hospitals and shit. Why are you not building black communities this way? <laughs> but so why are you I, not building in, black communities in, this way? And the funny thing is, the reason I love Spider Punk beyond like the obvious like amazing animations they've done on him, and the idea that like he is like anti-capitalist, anti-fascist. There are even parts of when they they joke about it being just a bit slightly ridiculous that he's always on this and so the idea that you have these buildings collapsing into these multi-dimensional time black holes and he asks what's going on and his response is it's a metaphor for capitalism like like, 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 you felt very seen in that moment bro oh my god that's so great one thing that i think is just really interesting in the way that he was animated is he's animated in a, a flipbook style, so he's at a much lower frame rate than everybody else. Right. But also, if you look from frame to frame, the type of paper he's on changes. Yeah, yeah. Constantly. And so you can see that sometimes he's on newsprint and sometimes he's on magazine paper because if you look at him, he's got, like, glossy photos, like, in him. Yeah. And sometimes he's on regular paper and sometimes he's drawn in black and white and sometimes he's drawn in color. And, like, not only is he a well-voiced, well-written, interesting character. But he is also animated in the DIY, try-this-at-home punk fashion. Yes. Yes. And I think that is so... And and his suit is also in the DIY punk fashion. There's going to be so many amazing cosplays. The thing that made me laugh... Actually, I had a friend who used to cosplay as him when he was just a comic book character, by the way. Nice. I, I'm a big fan of Hobie, but the thing that, that particularly caught my interest was the fact that the guitar is always a separate piece. It's yeah. clearly something that's laid over him unless he's holding it. The yeah. outline goes away when he's holding it. And like the, the amount of detail that went into something like that, because the idea is like the guitar, if you look really closely, changes background colors less than him. Because the idea is every frame of him is drawn, but the guitar is laid over it over and over and over again yeah. until the colors start to wear. And then the background becomes a different color or a different type of paper. So the idea is that he's literally like scanned in. Yeah. 
And so I'm someone who did not grow up reading Spider-Man comics. So this is literally my intro to him. And the idea that on my my Twitter timeline, so many people are are drawing him. Like so many. I've seen so many photos of just like Spider-Punk in these different renditions to where he feels like the ultimate DIY just comic book character because... There's there's so many iterations you can do of him, and a lot of like the like I said like the creativeness of what his character is in this movie is so wild. It's so interesting that if I draw like a stick figure of Spider Punk, that is a beautiful Spider Punk in itself. Like you yep. can do so much with his character in that kind of sense. And so, oh man, it's can, he's a really can, great character. Can I be really off the wall in my pick then fuck yeah why not my favorite's peter b yeah oh my god he's gonna be so fun to cosplay he'll be he, so fun to cosplay. yes but peter b it's nice to see someone get better yes yes in one of these movies especially because of what they do to spider-man in regular comic books it's, it is absolutely great to see that he went back to his own dimension and got better i agree Kat. and and not only did he get better but like it's because of Miles, not in spite yeah. of Miles right. or what happened to him. It's not in spite of that. It's because of that. Additionally, it, it, it tell him that. I think that it's just nice to see men grow, and we really yes. don't see that in an we emotional sense in comic book movies. We do Absolutely not. not. There was a kid sitting next to me, and I'll tell you why he was amazing in a minute. But on the other side of me and my friends was this guy, and he came by himself. And when he says, MJ and I made it work, and this is Mayday, our baby, he sobbed. Nice. Just, like, audibly aloud. There are so many comics where Spider-Man kills MJ with his radioactive jizz, and she gets cancer, and it's awful. Or, like, all this ridiculous shit happens to MJ, right? And there are very few universes where he just, like, gets her. And it's fine. And they're in love. And they're healthy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when she's asking him about what what his day was like at work, she knows he's not lying to her. No. Yes. True transparency. They're together, even though she's the one who's, you know, at home acting, taking care of Mayday. Well, no, she's not taking care of Mayday. He's taking care of Mayday. They are a team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's also part of the elite spider team. But first and foremost, he's a team with his wife. Yes. And that's not an example we see all the time either she sees that big flash and she's not like oh my god she's just like hi babe welcome home yeah and when he leaves she's like good he should go the nolan batman there's there's really (laughs) none of that and cat i know i know we talked about you know the batman in this new kind of iteration and i think in the batman i think one of the things i really do appreciate it is that at the end he's actually acknowledging that there are parts of me that are fucked up and there are parts of Batman and the, the, the consequences of Batman is fucked up. Now in the future movies, will it actually get resolved? Who the no. fuck knows? But spoiler alert, no, <laughs> but it's funny. Like he was someone that was, he was kind of like Bruce Wayne. This in the first movie, this kind of adult baby man who's broken, who doesn't have his shit together. And then this kid inspires him to be, the actual man he was he should be and the man who he should want to be he was crying so, in the shower in costume man he definitely didn't have his shit together 
Yeah, and now men go like men go through depression, whatever. Men go through not whatever. Men go through depression. Men go through sadness, and that's one thing. But how do you actually navigate that? Can you show us examples of how men can be better, and then show us the other side of that? Mm. The reason he got in that state to begin with is because he wasn't sure he wanted to have a kid. Yeah, and that was a deal breaker for MJ. And after spending some time around the youth, (laughs) he realized that like these parents should have it together and these kids are still weird and that's okay and that's good and that's what it's about for him right he's able to go back to mj and go hey i thought about it and i want to do this because i want to do this with you yeah man that's some potent shit and on a very superficial level the baby spider beans we're gonna get Oh, and they, they, they did a great job with the baby also. The baby was fucking fun. I was, I'm very happy because sometimes Mayday adult, a little mess sometimes <laughs> teenage Mayday looks like adult Mayday oh, and it oh. gets real horny. <laughs> oh, I'm not doing a horny sound effect. <laughs> and I appreciate that this did it and also Guardians did it. And so did Thor Love and Thunder. Marvel has recently done this thing of making characters that were accidentally like a little Rob Liefeldy and uh, drawn a little slutty in comics and just making them toddlers so it's kind of impossible to sexualize them. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. I know that sounds shitty, but like I saw Quake, like I think it's Quake, like wander out at the end of Guardians and I was like, oh my God, she's four. I love it. Like, yeah. That was my favorite part of that fucking movie. (laughs) But like, because that means you have to get to know them as people. People, right? Yeah. Also, though, I just gotta throw it out there for Jessica Drew, Issa Rae, Spider Woman, so good. Yes. Yes. And I think that between her voice acting and the way that they animated her, I love how subtle you can see her starting to really cool. On what they're doing. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She totally I, knew Miles was there when he was invisible, and he and he he saw Gwen at uh at the spot where the spot like yeah, um Alchemex. I appreciate her performance more in the second viewing, but she she did a really good job for it. She did a really good job. It's always fun when you see characters become confident enough in what they know to start asking questions. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that they chose to give that arc really subtly, but still strongly. To a side character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. What up, you mutant miscreants? It is I, Oroko Saki, aka The Shredder, here to tell you about the Shredhead podcast, starring me, The Shredder, and my best friend, my main brain, the brains of the outfit I'm talking about, Krang. Krang is there. He's my producer. We have a podcast. It's utterly ridiculous. It's an insane premise. Uh, to top it all off, I I haven't even seen the Ninja Turtles in years, but we're primarily talking about hoops. Yes, the national, the national BA, the W national BA. Um, the, uh, oh damn it! I've run into the lyrics. I'm sorry, but just check out the Shredhead podcast. It's me. It's crying. It's crazy. So we raved about what we love about Across the Spider-Verse. And I think we're all in unison four and a half stars on Letterboxd. But we got to talk about things that we're apprehensive about 
and then we'll kind of bridge that into beyond the Spider-Verse. So, Kels, we, we've heard about a lot of things you love, but I know we talked a little about a propaganda, talked a little bit about the possible incomplete story of this movie, but tee us off. What are some things that about this one that you're a little bit apprehensive about? I severely disliked Indian Spider-Man. Um, no, he was beautiful. No, 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 no. Not, not the character. Like, not, like, not, not what is actually happening. I personally felt like maybe they're taking. And this is just me. Maybe I felt like they were taking it a little too far. Like I know they were in, like they're in Mumbai, New York, and stuff, and they were they're shouting out a bunch of Indian references and things like that. And like, of course, they were they're uh, chai chai, and that that was funny. <laughs> You're Especially saying, because he did ATM machine earlier. Yes, he did ATM machine. I I. I don't this know. Is a, this is a hot take, Colin. This, I mean, this it, is, it, it just bugs me in a way is like, do we need it? Like, is this Absolutely. too much? No, is this not. too much? Well, okay. So I think though the thing that's going to be really interesting is, but I love he's been character. he's been Spider-Man for six months and he hasn't had to go through anything hard yet. And his canon events got erased. Interrupted. True. True. So I think it would be really interesting to see how this Spider-Man, who Miles is jealous of, because this Spider-Man has not gone through anything yet. We've got a whole other movie for his world to go fucking sideways, homie. I mean, yeah, like, that's, it was that's it already started. So they yeah. they have not telegraphed if the issue has been resolved in his universe yet. They're trying to fix it, but yeah. my question is, does fixing it involve killing? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Beyond his character, was there anything else that you had any kind of struggles with, Kellen? I can't I will wait. say the pun Mumbai Hatton was kind of a stress stretch. Yeah, that bugged me too. So I, I, I'm probably just being overly sensitive for Indian people, but I love the character, Mark Rob. It's just, I was just mm, like, I don't think you do. Mm. <laughs> Other thing I did, I didn't love is, I, I know that he he's supposed to be the cop of everything, Miguel, but it's like Miguel as the antagonist in the middle of the film. I didn't love that because I know why they had to do that to push the story. But I was like, really, does it have to be him that is this the character that has to be here to push it? Because, I mean, I never cared for Miguel anyway, and I still don't care for Miguel after this film. Like, it's like, all right, whatever. He's going to get redeemed in the third one. And well, it's or, like, or mm. he isn't. He might not. Well, I'd be fine yeah. with that. If he doesn't get redeemed, that would be the way it should go. The thing that I think is really interesting about the character, right, is he's it's pretty clear that the trauma he unwittingly put himself through has now caused this pathological need to control everything around him. And there's a chance that he might learn Miles Morales, trademark, is not Peter Parker, trademark. And maybe those rules don't apply to him. Mm -hmm. Which would be an interesting thing for him to learn and have to deal with. And the idea that his worldview is now breaking down again could be a really, like, fitting, interesting end for the character. You know, not a redemption, but a another shift in the thing that he thinks is so black and white yeah but at the same time the character's always kind of been an extremes guy Mm -hmm. that's always kind of been his thing i don't know who else it could have been unless they wanted to do like oh it's a sinister six movie but like we deserve better than that i think we we all agree that we deserve better than that there's a little easter egg in the end when miles goes to the different earth 42 and there's a scene, yes. there's like a, there's a television, but there's a news broadcast. And I caught it on the second view that there's a Sinister Six cartel 
cartel and, or, yes uh 42 which i think would be fine as an obstacle to getting miles out of 42 and i think that could be a really interesting way to see some of those characters that we really haven't had a chance to see yet and evil miles is totally in that sinister six cartel yes He's totally the, the prowlers often in the sinister six and that's gonna be cool as fuck <laughs> but yeah. i think if the movie was the sinister six now controls the multiverse and is trying to kill all the spider-men that is way less interesting than this yeah that totally will be less villains fun. doing villain things is a story we have heard before <laughs> hilarious hilarious you, you don't say yeah. you're absolutely right i think this is definitely now the point to, to talk about the biggest complaint that i mean cat alluded to it the idea of the the movie being incomplete and i've seen a lot of that on the inter- internet interwebs but cat do you want to kind of elaborate on that point a bit more mm-hmm. yeah so i mean i think the movie is really really good except for the fact that it doesn't really have a third act that resolves anything because it it does, there's no reason for there to be a third movie. So I feel that we are kind of paused in the middle of multiple characters' large arcs, which is fine. But I do feel a little bit weird about grading it as a completed piece when it's not. Right. So there's a very real chance that I'll watch it and then I'll watch whatever the next one's going to be. Beyond the Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Verse 3, this time it's personal, whatever. Uh, and and be like, ah, okay, this is a five-star movie now that I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. Now that I know how they land this plane. But it's like saying I had a good flight before I landed. I don't feel super comfortable doing Ooh. that. <laughs> now, I, I think that I've had a wonderful in-flight experience so far. I don't think that I have any complaints, but if I die in a fiery wreck instead of landing and getting to my destination safely, oh, wow. that is going to affect how I felt about my flight overall. Wow. So one of the biggest comparisons that I've been seeing and multiple people have made to Across the Spider-Verse is comparing it to Empire Strikes Back. And I think yeah. on a on a base level, I, I see the comparison I think ultimately, though, there are some differences between Luke and and Miles that differentiated a bit. But the ending of Empire, where it's still this kind of piece of uncertainty, we don't really know if the Rebels are going to win. We don't know if the Empire is going to win. But at least this kind of story is bookmarked to where Empire ends and it's its own kind of standalone movie. Right. Uh, The Last Jedi does this as well. As far as this story is now bookmarked, and then we'll wait for the third piece of shit movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. For for this one though, we're between movie one and movie two. There's a a year and four months that has passed. Yeah. So we have a year and four months has passed. So obviously we're now in sophomore year miles. But this next movie, in theory, is going to happen ten minutes after we got the the closing credits of this movie. So the overall kind of action arc of this, of will Miles save his dad? Will the Spider-Man Indian universe, will that be saved? Those are all kind of on the cliffhangers. And so I do, I do get that. And I do, I do understand why people are hesitant of that. And ultimately I, I kind of agree as far as like, if the third movie is unsuccessful, you know, 
Actually, I don't know if I agree with that, actually. I think if the third movie is unsuccessful, similar to Rise of Skywalker, it won't diminish my appreciation of The Last Jedi. Well, yeah, but I would argue that Rise of Jedi leaves our characters in a more resolved... I'm sorry. Yeah. Last Jedi. Jedi. Last Jedi. Sorry. God. It's okay. Yeah, they left Um, them in a way better place. Yeah. They have, like, slightly... Like at least they have landed on a place they can stand. Yes, I think I think this movie, it, if you look at them on a personal level, not kind of on a superhero level, as far as the relationship that they have with their parents, I think it does have an interesting conclusion. <laughs> the I so <laughs> so, so Gwen is now Gwen has fully confronted her dad as far as. And I actually, and I will say, so even though Grin confronts her dad and her dad quits the force, I think the third movie, so the idea that he's not Catherine anymore, that's going to fuck up her canon event also. So that might fuck up her universe as well. But that's for the next movie to decide. But ultimately, like, she has now confronted her dad about, you know, she didn't really kill her friend or whatever. In this movie, Miles' whole thing is... His parents are trying to pull, trying to push him in this direction of someone that he doesn't ultimately want to be. But in Earth 42, he does at least kind of stand up, not stand up, but he at least tells his what he perceives to be his mother the truth as far as who he is. So he's actually owning that and at least trying to work through that. And so, which is all well and good until he gets fucking murdered, which is how the movie implies it's going to go. I mean, well. Like, I'm glad he's done the emotional work, but that doesn't do a lot of good if he's in fucking peril. I mean, we get in peril sometimes, cats, okay? Like, this is what I mean, though. Because I feel like the Star Wars movies generally do a pretty good job of having their middle installments end in a way that it feels like a finished movie, right? I have seen the arc, and I am excited to see where they are going to go. Because this arc is a stop on their greater arc. Yeah. And I see that here, too. Like, obviously, eventually they're going to win somehow, whatever that means. I don't know what win means. I don't know which one of them is going to die. I also think it's really weird that John Mulaney didn't say any lines in this movie, and I'm sure it's because he was in rehab. Just watching Spider-Ham stand there at the end and mouth breathe was really weird. Oh, shit. (laughs) Holy Um, smokes. Try to make me go to rehab. (laughs) But I said, I just washed my hands. That's why they're wet. Oh, my. Take my hammer. It will fit in your pocket. Pocket. <laughs> Aaliyah was so mad that we got no spider ham until then. The, She's like, it's going to end right well, there. Mayday, Mayday is wearing spider ham pajamas. Don't know if you noticed, but they're very cute. I, did, I, I missed that. I had to um, check that. But uh, I feel like usually they're in an emotional space, like a, a space of emotional growth, but also resolved enough that you're excited to see where they're going to take that emotional growth. And I'm pretty sure that the first 20 minutes of the next one is going to just begin with an action scene, kind of oh. like Return of the Jedi, which is fine. But like making the Luke Skywalker your Han Solo is a very different vibe than having your Han Solo be your Han Solo. So let's pivot to Beyond the Spider Verse. And so I actually I let do have, John Mulaney say a swear. I actually do have concern about the third movie. Because even though I I like where we landed emotionally with it, with our kids, I don't know where this third movie is gonna go. Ultimately, like we're gonna know if 
if the canon events can stand or not. We're going to know if we're going to know who dies and who lives, basically. But what emotional journeys, because these first two movies are committed to it. But in this third movie, is it going to be, well, we've already taken you on this emotional journey through these two movies, but we're just going to do interesting, fun shit with our action. Ultimately, if that is what the if that's what Beyond the Spider Verse becomes, is that unsatisfactory? Is that unsatisfying on some levels? If that if that happens, I would probably say yes. But Kellen, what do you think we're gonna get from Beyond? I do feel like that it it is gonna be more action oriented because it, it is the f- the final one, and they're going to want to do all these big set pieces with all these Spider Man and exactly cat try, trying to to save the day and then fix canon events or not fix canon events and then figure out what to do with Miguel and then Miles is is Miles going to save Jeff or not is my is is they already going to switch it around and have something happen to Rio when he thinks he saves Jeff who knows I feel like all of that will be in there but at the same time Lord and Miller have done just such a great job when you were talking about earlier about Cat we were talking about all the animation for Hobie and all the work that went into making Spider-Punk look unique and and only so many frames um, being shot with him compared to the other artwork. The thing immediately popped in my head was one of the reasons that these films work so much for me as Spider-Man films, and they're still probably one and two, the best Spider-Man films I've ever seen in my, in my entire life. It's the amount of care that is given to everything. Everything is well thought out. They don't rush things. This movie was supposed to come out last summer, and when it didn't, I was bummed that I had to wait, no, last fall. And I was bummed I had to wait all the way until now to finally see this. But after coming out of that movie theater, I know exactly why. So while there will be resolutions and punchy, punchy run, run, shout out to my man, Tom McDerrick for that one. At the same time, I really do believe we're going to get real character building that they're going to continue that they've done in the first two films. And I don't think they're going to lack on that just so they can go out in a splashy way. Cause this isn't the last spider. This isn't going to be the last Miles movie. This might be the end of the Spider-Verse trilogy, but there will be another Miles Morales movie. And one of my another complaint that I wanted to say, which we can come back to if we want to, was I know it was going to be a Spider-Verse going into it, but I'm interested to see what a take on Miles looked like as a solo film in this in this medium. And I know that we're not going to get it for a little while longer. That's kind of the thing that I'm worried about the most, if we're honest, is that Miles by himself? No. Oh. That it's not going to end. Oh, you th- oh you think it's going to be, they're going to do a resolution yeah, on this one, then it. we're going to come right back to Spider-Verse. There's going to be the a Spider-Verse resolution, but Gwen has a problem, and Miles has a problem, and Spider-Man oh, Noir has a problem, and Peter B has a problem, and Mayday has a problem, and so it's not really over. Right. So we're getting more IP pimped out for these different Spider-Verse Which is... People. Fine, but like, it's going to get worse. Is it though? I mean, so my thing is, right? Like, the thing that I really like about. Sounds like capitalism to me. Well, the thing that I really like about Endgame is it ends. It does. (laughs) And I'm like, most of my friends who I have spent the last however many years with are done. And I enjoyed spending time with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so maybe I'll check out their television program. And I'm interested to see what will happen with Wanda after this. So maybe I will check out her television program. But at the same time, if I stopped at Endgame, I would feel like 
it is resolved. You would miss nothing. They actually did. It you is resolved, and it is over, and everybody has grown, and everybody has learned something, and the movie is over. And yeah. if I wanted it to be, the universe is over. And I hope that they have the good sense to do that here, but I am I a little concerned. I was going to say, however, comma. Well, you know Lord and Miller is definitely walking away after the third one. There's no way they're going to keep doing Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Kellen, my, I mean, my man, my guy, money. my boy, money. You, 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 I'm sorry. You seem to misunderstand the sultry siren call of no. having two movies in a row that you have written and directed being the largest openings of an animated film at a box office. Yeah. And also, I'm pretty sure Mitchell's versus the Machines would have been if it had been uh, released in theaters and not during a global fucking pandemic. And also, oh yeah, they did that with the Lego movie too. Weird. So I'm afraid <laughs> yeah. that they are going to get a little bit high on their own supply. Not them particularly, but the people in the Lord and Miller business. Yeah. Um, and eventually it is going to, to realize, oh my God, their shits do stank. And it's going to be too late for us mm. because we will have had to have put up with it. Right. And again, this is not me trying to make any sort of commentary on them or how they do things. But as it is, I was like looking at it and I was like, Jesus Christ, they've like been attached to so many fucking projects recently that like it wouldn't surprise me if they're like, yeah, we can do another Spider-Man. Give us know, more Coke. Them, them, not even just like, oh, that them, that's that's a couple zeros. Yeah. I bet if we make another one, we can bargain for more zeros. <laughs> basically i do have and, fear of the pimpage I'm, yeah. I'm scared of the pimpage <laughs> i hope it's fine for the next one but nine months is a long time to quickly change an ending to be a little more open-ended and to yeah. call people in to re-record the last couple lines of dialogue. But, like, also, if there's a fucking Hobie spinoff, we've well, lost. That's And that's the thing. So one, <laughs> one, of the great, one of the greatest tweets that I saw was, I want to buy Hobie merch, but I know Spider-Punk will be disappointed in me. Mm-hmm. And a reply was, steal it. Steal it. Now, obviously, phenomenal reply. But at the same time, if we do get a Hobie spinoff, it is that well. But also, I, love I feel a little beastly. weird at all that Marvel, a mega corporation, and Sony, a mega corporation, are kind of shilling to the people who are disenfranchised with capitalism by making a character mm. that all of us agree with. So then we are going to tell our friends, "Oh my God, you should go check out Hobie because he's just like us." And so then people go see the movie and line the pockets of the big corporations again. Mm. And the cycle continues. They're um, becoming self-aware, and that should scare you. Very much so, yes. And Hobie would tell us this as well. Yeah, and, like Hobie, except Hobie won't, because Hobie is made and owned by the mega corporations. The spirit of Hobie would tell us, though. The spirit, though. I mean, Daniel Kaluuya might. Oh, he definitely will. Daniel Kaluuya, come on the pod. Yeah, please. Please please come on the pod. Yes, absolutely. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, I always feel a little weird when they're like, oh, yeah, like, (laughs) we're we're punk, and we are also anti-capitalist, my guy. And I'm like, Sony. Yeah, that's the the thing. The fuck you aren't. My guy. 
They're, they're trying to get my 15 bucks. My dog. Viewing, so, listen, yeah. listen, my G, as the hip anti-capitalist youth say, according to Urban Dictionary, when oh, I yes. wrote this a year and a half ago, it may be earnest when Lord Miller wrote it. It may be earnest when the animators animated it. But as soon as he is using Sony headphones, it is not earnest anymore. Well, yeah. Yes. Yes. And I felt that way in the comics, too, where it's like, you comic writer may mean it. You comic artist may mean it. As soon as Marvel puts their sticker on the front cover. But that's the thing, though, with operating within capitalism. Like, I I consider myself anti-capitalist, but at the same time, we live in capitalism, so we cannot escape it. Yes, I I agree with that, and I understand that. But at the same time, I do think that putting on performative anti-capitalism to get other anti-capitalists to pay to see a movie that they would not necessarily pay to see on their own. Real shitty. I mean, well. Is a little gross. Well, yeah. The, the It's not bad and it's not good. I just think it's a little dirty. Well, yes, obviously. Yes, yes, yes. Now I, I would have, I would have saw this movie regardless, but your point is exquisitely made. Your point is exquisitely made. I was chatting with a couple of my friends at my job who I would describe as anti-capitalists. And a bunch of them were like, oh, there's a Spider-Man that's like an actual anti-capitalist punk and is animated in a zine style? I guess I have to go see this. And I was like... Who like it when it comes well, out? And they were like, I hate corporations. But, and I'm like, dude, you are literally falling into their trap. Yeah. I am watching you stick your foot into a Venus flytrap and go, ooh, it tingles. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do not stick your dick in this trap, no, sir. <laughs> oh no, you 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 sticking your dick in this trap. Well, got you now. But too late. Oh, yeah, still the, the the name of this episode is going to be still this movie. So please still this movie when it comes out. <sighs> Only but I mean, also I I would make an argument that having a superhero film with a black lead that is not like hampering that. In, the, in a way, like, maybe pay to see it, but maybe only pay to see it once. <laughs> I mean, that that's the jig within capitalism, because the structure of what Miles functions as, and also propping up propaganda like that's like that's like that's, like, that's the whole thing of this uh, that, you're, that you're pointing to, the idea that if you have something that's anti-establishment within the establishment, it does have benefit, but at the same time, there's eventual diminishing returns. And so still this movie. <laughs> but, but the thing is, if, it, if the movie is, is not going to make money, then these corporations are not going to give opportunities to other minorities to have their time. So it's, it's, it's fucked. Yeah. It's fucked. I, I also think it's really interesting that I've, I've recently noticed quite a lot of people talking at length on the, the interwebs about how Gwen in this movie really appears to be an allegory for the trans community. There was a sign in her room Specifically, that said protect trans kids. Mm-hmm. Rights. Trans rights. Yes. Yeah. But uh, she also is almost exclusively lit in blue and pink in several frames. The way that the lighting plays on her hair makes the trans flag. The yeah. way that it reflects off of her dad's badge when he quits makes the trans flag. I don't really care if she is or she isn't. I care that she gets the support that she needs. And it's really nice to see a situation where that does happen. Mm -hmm. And as a person who has had 
strained relationships with some of the authority figures in my life due to the fact that they don't necessarily understand my struggle. I feel very validated by that. I can only imagine how validating that feels for people who have had different experiences than mine in that arena. Yeah. I also think it's really interesting that two dudes wrote that good. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's not the way things Um, normally go when we talk in these conversations. So I do have faith because of this, right? Like this movie was so good and the attention to detail was so good. And that is because of the two people that wrote it and made it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I hope that this isn't a situation where Sony sees the numbers and goes, oh, well, let me drive. Yeah. And we get a movie that is different and weirder and worse. Right. Absolutely. And also to your point, as far as Gwen's animation, whenever you watch the movie the second time, when she has kind of the climatic part of her speech uh, with her dad, they bathe that entire frame in the trans flag colors. They're putting it out there in a pretty bold and a pretty great way, I would say. Yeah. But also, even if it's not necessarily directly like Gwen was assigned male at birth, right? The idea that something happens to you that makes you realize you are not like the people you thought you were. Yeah. That as a metaphor for spiderness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> still frames it as a superpower that's different and unique. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's very clever. Absolutely, yeah. I definitely have in my notes that both uh, Gwen and Miles came out to their parents. I mean, obviously it was with secret identities, but Gwen got a gun shoved in her face, and then Miles's mom had no idea who Spider-Man was. So both their coming out <laughs> moments were completely stepped on. Well, but, when and he I, almost... I wanted that for him so bad to be able to tell Rio. When he almost told her at one point, I went, she thinks he's coming out. <laughs> like, you yeah. can see oh, wow. that she's like, I'll love you no matter who you are. Yeah. Where it's like, but uh, then she realizes, oh, it's about the girl. Like, he was going to tell me that he's in love. But I will say, shout out to the, like, nine-ish year old. He was very good. He didn't get up. He didn't freak out. But when they were sitting upside down on the the building in Brooklyn, and he kind of leaned towards her, and then she's I like, and it doesn't scene. go well. She, he kind of is leaning towards her, and the little kid goes, "Not a kissing movie." <laughs> Hilarious. So and I guess I was like you said it, kid. I do not want to watch these teenagers make out. So I, I, I guess the final question: Are they going to make it together in the next movie? Do you mean romantically or just surviving? Are we, are we going to get the Rise of Skywalker bullshit to where the two leads who should not kiss ultimately kiss and then someone farts and then they, they die? If they if they do, that <laughs> that's, will... what, that's what happened, right? That's what happened. That is exactly what happened. That's better than what happened in Rise of Skywalker. Suck, man. Shit. If, if that is what they died. choose to do, I personally feel that all three of these movies will have been for naught. That is truly how strongly I feel that these are people who are meant to love each other, but not be in love with each other. And I think that it is not only narratively good, but important to show children that that can happen. Mm -hmm. That's my reservation with beyond because I think they're going to do it. If she gives him, like, a cheek kiss and, like, a long hug, fine. Great. Thank you. Have a great rest of your evening. I'm going home. 
if they lip kiss with or without tongue, <laughs> they I'm out. Have tongue. I'm they out. cannot <laughs> have tongue. No fucking shot. No fucking shot, man. I'm a, if, I'm if a lip, projectile okay, vomit. So the one caveat I'll add, though, is if one of them leans in to give a cheek kiss and the other one leans in to give a cheek kiss and they end up kissing each other on the lips and then they're kind of like, sorry, that, bro. That then I'll weird. be like, okay, you know what? Fine. That's mm-hmm. kind of a funny bit that seems like they're both awkward enough that that would happen. So you guys are anti-Gwen and Gwen and Miles too, then? In this universe, yes. Yeah, because they're. I they're... never loved it in the comic books personally. Okay, all right. I feel like there are a couple yeah. of specific comic issues where I'm like, okay, I get it. Uh huh. Because they are the two Spider teens that aren't Peter Parker. Right. And I can see why that might bring them together, at least short term. Mm-hmm. But this movie has done such a good job of, I miss my friend. I am thinking about my friend. My friend who is the only person who is a teenager who understands what I'm going through. And like, her best friend died, and my best friend died, and this has been really hard for both of us. Right. And like, both of our dads are police captains, and we are going through a lot. And like, she taught me how to believe in myself, and I miss her. Because I am better when I am with her. And I also liked how but not like mad... with her. He's going to get the Johnson touch, man. I got a feeling. I got a bad feeling, guys. I got a bad feeling. But I was Very... also like that he was, that Miles is just as mad at Peter B for not coming to see him. Although, reflecting on Lord and Miller movies generally, it is about a 50-50 shot if they end with romance or not. And so I do hope that that bodes well a little bit, but I'm not super optimistic about that. I also think it's really funny that they established that Miles is like, oh, Spider Bite's cute. And then they were like, Spider Bite's a lesbian. Like, okay. <laughs> Child to cute lesbians. I, to lo- I love Spider Bite. And I love that they were like, listen, idiot, Spider Bite's a lesbian. I'm like, oh, that, oh, oh, uh, does that yeah. mean they're gonna. Uh, uh, uh. At the end of the day, right? Like, my hope is that he is able to create a bond with mostly the cast from the first movie maybe with a little bit of added in flavor from this most recent installment but i think at the end of the day if they're smart the message is going to be about how when people love us we're stronger together and that is going to include spider ham and peter b and spider-man noir and penny and gwen and aunt may in florida and Rio and Jefferson. Yeah. And maybe even the college counselor. And I think that at the end of the day, if they're able to make Spot feel loved enough, that could end the movie and break Miguel's brain. And I'm so here for that. Because I think it would be really interesting if, if the way that they chose to do it was that our understanding and care of each other is the thing that was able to save us, not the canon events. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that can extend What to, made you isn't what makes you. Yes, exactly. And also the stupid choices you make to try to experience that thing that you've never had is not only who you are. Mm-hmm. Because that would provide absolution for Miles for jumping into that thing behind Gwen, but also for Miguel for just trying to have a family. Yeah, which is huge. And Ooh. like maybe it ends with all the Spider-Men's and women's and children's on the roof for a cookout. Shout out to Yellow Pants. Ooh, that shawty was thick as a bitch. Oh my 
God. I peeped. <laughs> Boing. I, I was like, whoa. <laughs> she got what I need. And you say we just yeah she got it going on got it going on yeah if they chose to do this and I can't guarantee that they will but my hope is that they will if they choose to end a superhero movie with a whimper instead of a bang maybe that's okay especially if it's not Gwen and Mom well no but I mean like (laughs) my brother Matthew wrote a whole thesis about Marvel movies right and how in like 94% of Marvel movies it ends with them killing the villain Mm -hmm. and maybe this isn't one of those the spot deserves to be saved. They they should be able to save the spot. And it's pretty clear to me that the only way they're going to be able to do that is together. By yeah. providing him the love that he feels he is owed and has lost. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate us five stars, leave a review, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Follow Cat at Cat underscore Chin at T on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Follow Marcus at Show and Mad Love, S-H-O-W-I-N-M-A-D-L-O-V on Twitter and Letterboxd. Follow the show on Twitter at Cat and Mark. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenlee. Thanks for listening. We should do this again sometime. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?